News Talk 1070 KHMO presents On the Mark with Mark Hespin. News Talk 1070 KHMO presents On the Mark with Mark Hespin. On the Mark is powered by Cunis Country Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area at 221 North 36th Street, Quincy. Faith, family, and giving back. That's Cunis Country. And now, here's Mark Hespin. Good morning, Tri-States, and wherever you may be listening on the News Talk 1070 KHMO app. This is On the Mark. I am Mark Hespin, brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the Tri-State area, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy Faith. Family giving back, that's Cunis Honda Hyundai. Tell them Mark sent you. If you're watching on our uh, Facebook Live, search On the Mark KHMO on Facebook Live. You may notice new microphones. I should do a little tour here with the Facebook Live on our brand new, spanking new KHMO studio. Still can smell the fresh cuts of wood from the new desk that I'm sitting at. Uh, it looks great in here, so shout out to the great Michael Rose for uh, getting us set up. New microphone. I think I sound pretty good, so if I'm messing with my levels, it may be because I'm trying to figure out the new microphone, but I think it sounds pretty good. Uh, sorry, Rachel, no NASCAR in the show today as I'm getting uh, comments on our Facebook Live. There's too much else going on, and NASCAR season's too early on right now. We'll get back, we'll get more NASCAR as we get into the summer. Uh, but we got the Masters. We got NFL updates as we're heading into the draft. Um, we have a full look back at my NBA predictions. I got a lot right. I got, I got a lot wrong, and we'll start to look ahead as the NBA season ends Sunday. And then um, we'll talk MLB opening weekend. My Cubbies, if you're watching on the Facebook Live, rocking my Cubs uh, Cubs blue. And uh, they're 1-0. they got another game today. Part of the, the kind of crappy opening weather weekend for the MLB. And another reason why I'll be a little critical of the MLB to start. But also something that's uh, happened already in the MLB, part of those rule changes that I think we're all appreciating early on. Lots to get to. Let's get it started. You know the drill. Hespin headline number one. Hespin's headlines on the mark. All right, Hespin headline is of course number one is of course the Masters, but there are three sub uh, storylines within the Masters that I want to talk about as we start off this show. And as always, follow me on Twitter, on Instagram at Mark Hespin, M A R K H E S P E N. Doing a lot of Masters tweeting over the weekend here. Um, let's get started with the, the number one storyline of the Masters. The biggest thing right now, Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods is uh, in contention as we head into the weekend, and that's all as we wanted as golf fans. I, I think, you know, David and I talked about it last week. If Tiger can make the cut and be flirting with the leaderboard, then this weekend is going to be a great weekend of golf. Uh, a lot of reason to tune into golf this weekend. Tiger sits at plus one, uh, had a rougher day on Friday with the wind conditions. It was a wild weather weekend. But let's focus in on what Tiger's doing. Tiger Woods this weekend, to me, is 100% cementing his legacy on the Mount Rushmore of sports athletes. Absolute Mount Rushmore of sports athletes. What Tiger is doing is absolutely incredible. It really is. It is something that we all should take, if we're a fan of sports, and if you listen to the show, I hope you are, like me, you just love sports, Take a second to realize, look back, really step back and look at what Tiger Woods is doing. In his mid to late 40s, 
after back fusion surgery, after multiple reconstructive knee surgeries, after the fall from grace, the return to glory in 2019 with the Masters win, to have a car accident that nearly took his life and his leg. He's back. He's competing. He made a cut at one of the toughest golf courses on planet Earth. And even if you're not one of those people who's like, well, Augusta National's not too hard. It's not, you know, uh, the, the conditions of being on the ocean, in, you know, some of the courses in England or something like that. But the 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 pressure that, that the Masters has, it's a lot like the Daytona 500 or the Super Bowl um, or, you know, that wild card game for, you know, the single wild card game in the MLB playoffs. Thank God they got rid of that. But you know what I'm trying to say? The eyes, the media, the coverage, the attention, it is the biggest thing on the golf calendar every single year. It is the biggest tournament in the world. And so the pressure that goes along with that. And Tiger Woods, of all this, has come back, and he's looked shaky at times, but there's also been those vintage Tiger moments watching it live in the pine straw on Thursday in that pink mock turtleneck shirt. With the recoil and the fallback and saving himself and, and making a par on a on a terrible drive that looked like one of those you could say to yourself. He shanked that and he, and he said to him, is, you heard him say, come on, leg. Tiger Woods is absolutely cementing himself as a, as a Mount Rushmore athlete, especially in my lifetime. In modern sports, I get it. You know, you want to go back and, you know, from the 70s on and break it down decades. I, I Tiger Woods, what he's doing is right up there with Michael Phelps, Michael Jordan, Usain Bolt, uh, you know, Tom Brady, Jackie Robinson. I mean, we're talking about Hank Aaron, like elite, 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 uh, Muhammad Ali, elite, elite category of sports where you say to yourself, this is inhuman. This is next level. This is Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, next level stuff. I mean, we knew Tiger when he was in his prime and his heyday. It was a killer, and he was a, and he was a great white shark out there among minnows. He's an absolute great white shark among minnows. But what Tiger is proving now is, I mean, this is the stuff that normal human beings and normal athletes, normal great athletes, don't have what Tiger has. You can be you can be Kevin Durant, who's a great NBA player. Some would argue maybe a top 10 great NBA player of all time. He does not have what Tiger Woods has. Tiger Woods has something that's next level that mere mortal human beings don't have. How is he doing this? At his age and the injuries he's dealt with. And it leads me to my next point, And I think this is the point that will really drive it home. You have guys like Brooks Kepka, Jordan Spieth, Bryson DeChambeau, Xander Shoffley, who are in their prime. In their prime, who all now can drive it as far as Tiger ever drove it. Bryson bombs it even farther. Bryson's out there bragging two years ago that that he really should be shooting, you know, should be par 67 at Augusta. And he can't make a cut. He's like plus 11. He can't make the cut this weekend. He missed the cut. Brooks Kepka, prime of his career, multiple majors, missed the cut. Jordan Spieth, prime of his career, multiple majors, missed the cut. Xander Shoffley, Ryder Cup guy, people very high in him, one of the uh, top 10 golfers in the world, misses the cut. Zach Johnson, the, the, the captain of the Ryder Cup king, 
team, uh, team, multiple major winner, misses the cut. None of these guys have the injuries or the history of Tiger Woods, and Tiger makes the cut and is in competition at plus one. I mean, it, it just goes to show you what Tiger is doing. And on the flip side, it's another reason why golf is going to struggle beyond Tiger. Tiger is mortal. I know I just said he's doing things. He has the ability that mere mortals don't have, but eventually Tiger will go on, and he will not play on Sundays. And the fact that you got guys like Brooks and Jordan and Bryson not making cuts at the Masters, it's bad. It's a bad look for golf. It's a bad look for them for their own legacies. you got to make these cuts. If you want to be considered one of the all-time greats, yeah, you can win some majors, but you want to be considered one of the all-time greats. So for me to talk about you uh, in the reverence of a Jack, a Tiger, Gary Player, uh, Arnold Palmer, Phil Mickelson, you've got to make these cuts in your prime. And, it, it, and, and, and I think it's just so fascinating when you look at golf with a microscope, and we get to look at golf with a microscope this weekend, you have the all-time greatest golfer of all. I mean, it's not I, – I don't argue. Can argue. Jack, I get it. You, the majors, you, that's the one thing he's got. But Tiger is, is immortal on the golf course. And you're seeing that. You're absolutely seeing that. We're getting uh, – Getting some interference with a Cardinal baseball, I think, or some sort of pre-show. I don't know what what you're hearing here now at that point, uh, but that's what I'm trying. That's what I'm trying to get at, and I and I and I and I'm trying to drive that point home really steadfast. Is that we need to appreciate what Tiger's doing, and you can appreciate it even more so, conversely to what his peers are doing. Guys in their prime: Spieth, Kepka, DeChambeau. Missing this cut and putting up big numbers. And they're supposed to be the guys that are challenging Tiger. And Tiger is out there performing really well with all the adversity done. He doesn't have to win another major to once again, to me, prove this comeback alone. He could retire at the end of this weekend. But this making the cut and competing with this weather, these horrible weather conditions and everything that they got going on in in Augusta this weekend... For him to make the cut and to look as good as he has, once again shows the Tiger is is not human. And he belongs on that Mount Rushmore, that all-time Mount Rushmore of athletes. Uh, and I mentioned it, obviously, oh, storyline number two is the biggest problem with the Masters this weekend is you got too many other big names missing the cut. Brooks Kepka, Jordan Speed, Bryson DeChambeau, you got to make cuts. Xander Shoffley, you got to make these cuts. You 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 want me to you want to convince me that golf is in good hands and that golf can survive beyond Tiger for many years to come and to, to be a real factor as far as eyeballs and ratings and and talk on my show. These guys got to make cuts. You owe it to yourself. You're only hurting your own legacy when you miss cuts like this. And then finally, to me, the third storyline of the Masters. We'll get to it. Who's the top of the leaderboard? This Scotty Scheffler, who's been laser red hot. And I mean red, red, laser hot. And for him to be uh, putting up the number he did, shooting a uh, 67 in round two at minus eight, uh, to be five strokes up had it starting the weekend, I mean, the tournament's in his hands. He's the hottest golfer on the planet. He's the world number one right now. Uh, what, three tournament wins in a row or wherever he's at. 
and have a chance to put up, you know, this is a chance for him to cement a legacy. And maybe Scotty Scheffler is that next guy that we as Gulfians can look at and be like, all right, is he the next guy that's about to go on a two or three major run? We've seen this over and over again. It started with Rory, Jordan Spieth, uh, Justin Thomas, Brooks Kepka, uh, uh, Colin Morikawa, a little run here. These guys getting to two, one, two, three majors pretty quickly. Could this be Scotty, the start of a Scotty Scheffler run? And if so, that's great. But again, I'm, I'm not crowning any of these guys until I see that they're more than a flash in the pan. Can you win five, six, seven majors, get into that upper echelon elite over the course of a five, six, seven year span? Right now, no one, no one of these young guys have proven they can do it. Scotty Scheffler has a chance. Listen, I wouldn't count out Hideki Matsuyama. He's at minus three. Uh, he's the defending champion. He really saw the golf course well uh, on on a, a bad windy day on Friday. I think he's going to keep pressure on Scheffler. I don't expect Scheffler to go out there and run away from the field big time today. Uh, I think that you'll see guys shooting low numbers. Keep an eye on Cameron Smith to rebound after the bad 74 yesterday. I think Dustin Johnson, Hideki Matsuyama, Justin Thomas, Colin Morikawa, Will Zalatoris, can those guys put up some low numbers, get to five under, get to six under? Scotty Scheffler maybe shoots a one uh, or a two, be 10, you know, be within three or four shots of the leader going into Sunday. I think you're going to have a, a really, really entertaining weekend of golf. Can't wait to watch it. Um, and, uh, and, and, Man, oh, man, oh, man, I'll watch every Tiger swing right now. He is worth the price of admission, and he's proving once again that he belongs. He's cementing the fact to me as a sports fan, and I, I owe it to myself to remember it. We all owe it to ourselves to remember it as we're watching as sports fans. Tiger Woods belongs in the discussion of the four greatest athletes uh, in modern sports history. In, 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 he belongs on the Mount Rush. You cannot laugh at Tiger Woods if people have that him on their Mount Rushmore of top four greatest athletes in human history. You just can't. What he's doing uh, once again proves that he he belonged there already, but this cements that you cannot uh, have the discussion of the four greatest athletes of all time and not include Tiger Woods. You're listening on the Mark News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai, number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the Tri-State area, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. Faith, family, giving back. That's Cunis Honda Hyundai. When we come back, we'll go back to the NFL. NFL updates. Three big storylines in the NFL that I want to spend some time on before we talk draft over the next two weeks leading up to the NFL draft. We're live and local on America's New Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. It's on the mark. My name is William Yank. I'm a 23-year-old, three-time leukemia survivor. One evening, my roommate was trying to talk to me, and I responded to him in a delirium of mess and confusion, and he said, we're going to the ER immediately, and came back with leukemia. They started me on chemos. They started me on a bunch of antibiotics, but the chemo wasn't exactly working. So my oncologist decided that he wanted to try me with CAR T cell therapy. And it worked. Leukemia Lymphoma Society was this unforeseen blessing for me because I wouldn't have been able to get CAR T cell therapy. We are about nine months uh, post-transplant and feeling very healthy, strong, and I live. To give or get help, 
visit lls.org. You always had it in you. She was screaming and crying. We didn't know how to help her. To fight monsters and win. Every day, thousands of kids like Gwen enter a Children's Miracle Network hospital, many fighting for their lives. It doesn't take much to lend support for kids at your local Children's Miracle Network hospital. This isn't just an ear infection. This is our daughter. We didn't know how to help her. For ways to help, visit us at helpkidstoday.org. Helpkidstoday.org. KHMO and the KHMO mobile app. Welcome on back to On the Mark here on News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. Brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai. Your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. You got to ask them about that complimentary lifetime powertrain warranty on new and used vehicles. Shop online, cunisquincy.com. Tell them Mark sent you. All right, Hespin headline number two. Hespin's headlines on the mark. All right, so the NFL had three big storylines happen over the last week and a half or so. And they're all worth covering, and I think they're all things that are all very important uh, for three completely different reasons. So let's jump into it. Number one, the NFL did officially pass new overtime rules. Now, you know my thought. If I were the commissioner of the NFL, I would institute, I'd use my power, my leverage to institute one overtime rule. And that overtime rule doesn't matter if it's a playoff game, regular season, Super Bowl, I don't care. Should be one overtime rule. If the game goes to overtime, the visiting team gets the ball, next score wins. End this game, get them out of there, move on. If you're the visiting team, it means you don't have home field advantage and you've made it to overtime, you deserve the ball. You know my stance on that. I don't have to beat a dead horse in that. I, I That's how I would run it. Maybe for the Super Bowl you do something different because it's a neutral site. And maybe that is if the, you know, you go to the rule that we've had. It's first score, um, wins unless it's a, uh, unless it's a field goal team gets the ball back. I mean, you can do something like that, right? Uh, but the NFL has now passed a rule stating that the regular season overtime is going to stay the same. First score wins unless it's a field goal and then the team, then the next score wins. All right. Um, NFL overtime rule now in the playoffs, and I imagine the Super Bowl counts of this, is now both teams guaranteed get a chance to touch the ball. After that, next score wins. Or if Team A scores first and it's a field goal, Team B gets the ball, they get nothing, then the game is over. Game's over. So I think this is... I mean, it's pretty harmless. I'm not going to sit here and say I'm angry about it. I'm frustrated. I think it's the same, basically the same rule. You're just, someone's still going to have to make a stop. Defense still, you're just preventing, you're just prolonging the making a stop. So in that, the, the key example is the end of the season in the playoffs, Bills versus Chiefs in that AFC uh, divisional game. I was like, oh, Josh Allen's got to get a chance to touch the ball. So all that would happen would be, Patrick Holmes went down right, scored a touchdown, Chiefs win. So all that would happen differently would be Josh Chiefs score a touchdown, Bills get the ball, Bills score a touchdown, Chiefs get the ball, Chiefs kick a field goal, Chiefs win. 
So you're just delaying then people going, oh, well, Josh Allen's got to get another chance to rebuttal. I mean, that's all we're doing here. Eventually the game's going to end and one fan base is not going to be happy, right? Like, we all do get that, right? Like the game the game will end and and someone won't have gotten a chance to touch the ball after someone else got a chance to touch the ball. Like that's how games end, right? So, I, I mean... If this is going to stop people whining, if it, if it if it cuts down the Twitter complaints by fifty percent, then sure, I guess fine. Because it's basically the same rule. You're just adding one possession until you get to then the rule you already had, where then the next score wins. Defense still matters. It still matters. I then the only thing that really changes is then if you win the coin toss in overtime in the playoffs. You kick it. You defer. Because if you get a stop, then you can just kick a field goal to win the game. So I I get that there's a competitive change to it in that way. Now we are incentivizing defense a little bit. But you know how I feel. I I, Honestly, I I don't get why this is so hard. If you make it to overtime and you're the visiting team, if you get the ball and you score, the game should end. You're the visiting team. It's hard. You're at a disadvantage. You've made it this far, and you're not at home. But I guess this is fairer in their eyes. I I don't really see it, but we'll deal with it. And I'm sure there'll be Bills versus Chiefs in the playoffs this year. And Josh Allen will get the ball, and he'll score a touchdown after Patrick Mahomes only scored a field goal. People will be like, well, I mean, that's unfair. Patrick Mahomes should have got a chance to touch the ball again. Or people say, well, it's just stupid. The Chiefs would have won in the old rules. In the old rules, the Chiefs would have won. Well, yeah, but you 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 Twitter complained yourself out of those rules. So this is what we have now. Uh, the number two thing with the NFL updates, um, the NFL has now officially made it to where every NFL team must hire an offensive assistant that is a minority candidate, whether it is a woman or, or a person of color, um, they have to have a minority candidate as an offensive assistant. You have to. And there is a uh, a way that the NFL is going to help. You know, it's a pool of money, kind of pay for it. But every team is required to have an offensive coach that is a minority and I do think this is better than the Rooney rule. I think this is going to lead to be more helpful than the Rooney rule. I hate that it has to happen. We all, I can sit here and think, honestly, we hate that we have to make a rule like this. But if you don't know coaching, you get a job in coaching and you get rehired in coaching or you get more jobs in coaching because of who you know. So it takes that first job to then start this career in coaching. And once you get that first job as a coach, you're set. You can keep coaching. Now, you may not keep coaching at the highest level. You may not just keep going up and up and up to be a head coach. But once you get that first job, if you're if you're good at it and you make friends and you're, you know, because the coach, you know, everyone talks about, oh, the locker room is just a bunch of guys hanging out. That's what the coaches are doing, too. They're there till midnight every night just hanging out. You want to be a good hang. You got to be a, you know, you got to be. Um, a, a lubricant in the in the coach's locker room. You got to be a good person. So they 
the NFL, by instituting this rule, is forcing teams to say you have to at least add someone to that room who maybe you don't know, who maybe you wouldn't have thought first glance because, let me tell you, these guys, when they uh, get the chance to finally be an assistant coach, they start building their their roster of who they're going to hire, and it's based on who they've worked with before. And so if you start adding more people to this room who are minorities, whether that's women, African-Americans, uh, people of, uh, of Middle Eastern descent, whatever, you're going to help the cause for them to get a chance then to then get in the next room, to get in the next room, where they may meet another person of, uh, of color, a minority, or other people, a, a, a female coach who's overly qualified who'd be great to add to their staff. So it's hopefully a better way of starting the domino effect than the Rooney rule, which we clearly have seen with, with especially Brian Flores' case, it looks like, where people are just using it to check a box and then hiring who they want to hire anyways, which again shows you why this rule is important. Because owners like the Maras, they knew they wanted to hire Brian Dable no matter what, who no matter who interviewed. We saw that basically from the leaked text with the Bill Belichick. So, owners are going to do that. But now at least it forces someone else to get a chance to the room. In every room, there's going to be someone who maybe is a first time there, a new person there, and now can build relationships and have a chance to grow and make that second job, third job, open up the spot to another minority coach, and uh, and hopefully it snowballs in that way. And it helps the problem that we have in the NFL where – the same people keep getting jobs, and they just happen to all be white guys. And uh, and and so I, I'm pro this rule because I do think it will help solve the problem better than what the Rooney rule has done. Uh, and finally, the third thing the NFL did talk about on a much lighter and I think cooler note, the NFL draft is going to Detroit. The NFL announced the 2024 NFL draft will be in Detroit. And uh, if you've listened to the show, you know that I love the city of Detroit. I've spent a lot of time in the city of Detroit, uh, many, many trips there. And um, I think Detroit is really coming back, doing a great job, especially building a sports culture in the downtown. You have Ford Field, uh, Comerico, uh, where the Tigers play, and then that new Little Caesars Arena where the Wings and the Pistons play, all within literally, you can throw a baseball between the three stadiums. It's incredible the facilities they're building down there. The beautiful casino, the rejuvenated shopping district, and nightlife down there. Uh, it really is coming together, downtown Detroit. And for them to be getting the NFL draft, I think it will showcase that Detroit is a city that, that belongs in the conversation. It belongs uh, uh, in, the, in the world of hosting events like this. Detroit can't host a Super Bowl because they don't have the hotel capacity. But the NFL can give them this event and say, hey, we as the NFL still care about Detroit. And I think that's a positive thing. It'll show the draftees and all these other people, free agents. So many people go to the draft that are not just the the players getting drafted. You got the families. You have extended families. You have agents. You have other players who are in for the draft because their agents are in town or they're doing hits for ESPN. You're going to have ESPN, the NFL Network, CBS Sports, Fox Sports Radio, all these other podcasts, people spending time in Detroit. And and I think when they actually arrive in Detroit, they'll see what I see, 
wow, a rejuvenated, really awesome downtown area that is a cool city and would be a cool place to maybe sign a contract as a sports, uh, you know, an athlete, something like that. I love that they're giving Detroit this shine. And uh, so kudos to Detroit for putting a package together to earn the bid. Shout out to the NFL for being smart enough to uh, show some love to the city of Detroit. And I think it's going to be a huge win-win-win for Detroit and the NFL in the 2024 NFL draft. Also, the Lions have hard knocks this summer. I think it's going to be fun. Uh, you see a lot of cool shots in Detroit. See some Cody dogs. Get a lot of great comments and and uh, and and uh, you know Dan Campbell quotes. Can't wait for it. You're listening on the Mark News Talk 1070 KHMO on the KHMO app. Brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. Faith, family, giving back. That's Cunis Honda Hyundai. Stick around when we come back. We're talking NBA playoffs. Season ends Sunday, where I was right, where I was really, really wrong. And a look ahead to some of the matchups that we already know we're going to have. It's on the mark. News Talk 1070 KHMO. Take us anywhere. Hometown News Talk 1070 KHMO. And the free KHMO mobile app for your smartphone. Hi, I'm Megan Hawker. And welcome to Heartbeat. Questioning your faith or having doubts doesn't mean your faith isn't real or that you're a fake Christian. Having questions is perfectly normal and healthy. People who don't take the time to ask hard questions about their faith will eventually have a serious struggle when they experience a tragedy or come across the probing questions of an intelligent skeptic. The pastor and author, Tim Keller, writes, It is no longer sufficient to hold beliefs just because you inherited them. In other words, if you grew up in a Christian home, it's time to make your parents' faith your own. Take time to reflect on your doubts and bring them to God. He will patiently walk with you as you work out your faith. Heartbeat is brought to you by the Salvation Army. What I remember most is the loneliness I felt, the separation from other people. At the end, drinking was no fun for me. Since I've started to attend AA meetings, the greatest gift is that I've become reconnected. I'm part of life again. I really like myself, and that's wonderful. AA is a miracle in my life. Alcoholics Anonymous. It works. Look us up. Check your phone book, newspaper, or aa.org. Your weatherology forecast from the News Talk 1070 KHMO Weather Center. High of 56. Today, under sunny skies, northwesterly winds, 8 to 15 miles per hour. Tonight, lows around 38. Daytime highs approaching 74. Tomorrow, sunshine mixed with clouds at times. Right now, 37. Welcome on back to On the Mark here on News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area. Listen, the inventory they have right now is incredible. I just talked with uh, Levi Buxman, the general sales manager over at uh, Cunis Hyundai, and they're getting over 40 new vehicles in right now. No one else is getting new vehicles in right now. Honda and Hyundai are. That's why their lot is loaded. 221 North 36th Street in Quincy, right there south of Maine, uh, of Broadway, north of Maine, in between Broadway and Maine on State. You can't miss it. Right across from the Village Inn. Go in there and just drive around the lot. Do a little shopping. If you're driving around in a car that's not suited for summer, get yourself suited for summer. Tell them Mark sent you when you stop on by the dealership. All right. We move on to our uh, third uh, third big topic of the show, and that is the NBA. 
The NBA season ends Sunday. The regular season is almost over. So I look back at my predictions. I should have wrote down when I made these. That's kind of bugged me now. Uh, it was early, what is October? I made my NBA predictions. It would have been around October 9th. We uh, Right before the season started, I made my predictions for what I thought uh, the season would look like. I got some things right. Pretty proud of myself. I had Milwaukee as the one seed in the East. They're going to end up being about the two seed. I had the Bulls as the five seed. They're going to end up being about the six seed. I was I nailed Philadelphia. I picked them at four. I had no idea that James Harden would end up on Philly. Uh, but uh, I think there was some writing on the wall of that a little bit. Um, I, I predicted correctly the bottom of the Eastern Conference. Detroit and Orlando would be the worst two teams, and they are the worst two teams in the East Conference. Even though, shout out to both of them. I think they both over, uh, overachieved, especially Detroit. They're building a nice little, I know I'm talking a ton about Detroit now, but Cade Cunningham, I think they're building a nice little core there uh, in the Motor City. And then uh, in the West, obviously I nailed the Suns, them being the first overall seed. Felt good about where I had the Mavericks at the four seed. They're going to end up about the four seed. Clippers, I had them at seven. They're going to end up around eight. And I had the Rockets and the Thunder at the bottom of the West, and they are the bottom of the West. And again, we didn't get to talk about him all season, but Jalen Green, what a great rookie season for him. Uh, the Rockets really found a stud there. And then I got some things really wrong. Really, really wrong. I had the Nets <laughs> as the two seed in the East. They're going to be the seventh seed. Uh, I had the Hawks as the three seed, Atlanta. They nosedive this year. Uh, they're the ninth seed. I should have really seen them as a flash in the pan, but I didn't. I thought Trey Young would build off it. And he had a good season, but overall the Hawks definitely underachieved compared to where they uh, finished last year. Uh, I had, uh, where else? I, oh, I blew Miami. I had them, I mean, I had them as a playoff team six, but I did not predict Miami would really come together the way they did and be the one seed uh, in the Eastern Conference. And then um, in the, oh, I, Cleveland I did not see as a playoff team. Shout out to Cleveland. They're probably the surprise team of the NBA, in my opinion, this year. And Toronto. I didn't think Toronto would have that great of a year, but credit to Van Fleet uh, and, and Nick Nurse and being really, really competitive. He's a good coach, and they have a they do have a, a solid core there. I, I, I think they'll lose to Philly in the first round, but they have a really, really solid core. And uh, some building blocks, if they can bring in another, you know, find themselves another star player uh, to really be competitive with the top of the Eastern Conference. Uh, and I'll say this. Shout out to Cleveland. I mean, Evan Mobley, what a great rookie year. Uh, their young guards are fantastic. Kevin Love has really turned into a, uh, a veteran presence on the team that, that does a great job. So, but I, so I totally whiffed on them. In the Western Conference, obviously the Lakers, I had the three seed. They're not making the playoffs. Uh, that was bad. No chance with the, with the, with the, with the Lakers. They had probably one of the most disappointing NBA seasons of all time, the Lakers. With the star power that they put together, and they and the 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 talk around them going into the year, for them to have laid the dud the way they did, uh, pretty embarrassing, pretty darn embarrassing for the for the Los Angeles Lakers. All right, um, let's look ahead a little bit though, because we do know all the playoff teams. So now we have this playing tournament in the East. You're going to have Brooklyn versus is Cleveland one game for that seven seed. Personally, I really hope that Brooklyn gets the seven seed because I'd love to see Milwaukee versus Brooklyn round one because I think 
that is so entertaining watching Giannis and 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 Kevin Durant go head to head. Giannis is the best player in the league. Kevin Durant on night to night though uh, can be is the most lethal scorer and can take that crown from Giannis on any given night. But overall, I think Giannis is the best player in the world. Uh, so I think that would be a fun matchup. Uh, and then the loser plays uh, the winner of Atlanta versus Charlotte. I'm going to take Charlotte in that game. They're on a two-game win streak. They're playing really well here at the end of the season. Uh, I think Charlotte will take care of Atlanta. I think they'll play Cleveland. I like Cleveland in that game. So I'll have Cleveland as the eight seed taking on the Heat. And then the two-seed Bucks getting the seven-seed Nets. Um, it looks like you're going to get Boston versus Chicago and Philly versus Toronto in the other two series. I think those would be both interesting matchups. I think Philly will take care of Toronto in six. I think Toronto can sneak a game or two, especially up north. Um, Philly's a little disjointed right now. They're not exactly healthy. I think Ben Joel Embiid has been way too worried about uh, the winning the MVP, and he's talked just way too much about it. It's like, dude, just focus on the fact that you guys are the four seed right now. Uh, trailing Boston in your own division, uh, and uh, you, you you haven't earned anything yet uh, heading into the playoffs. Even though I do like Philly's chances, you know certainly like win the Eastern Conference more than Miami, more than Brooklyn, more than Toronto, Chicago, and Boston. I think they're probably second behind only Milwaukee. They haven't earned anything yet, and you get a lot of talking. So I think that'll be about six games. I think Boston and Chicago could go seven. I really do. I know my Bulls are playing terribly right now. They're three and seven in their last ten. They've lost four. Uh, they just are reeling defensively. Vucevic has not been good, but I think you'll see his Bulls team really ratcheted up. You have Demar Derozan, who's got a ton of playoff experience, and then you have a lot of young guys and veteran guys like Levine and Vuce who've wanted to be in the playoffs so long for so much of their career. I don't think you're going to see them waste opportunity. I think Chicago and and Boston could go seven. I think Boston wins it. They, they're just playing way better basketball right now. And Jason Tatum is uh, so special. Um, but I, I really do think you're – I know the Bulls are reeling right now, and I know I have – it's just a gut feeling, but I really do think you'll see them ratchet up playoff intensity, especially with the fact that Levine and Vooch have wanted to be in the playoffs for so long in their careers. For them to get a chance to do it – I don't think you'll see them be a uh, uh, you know get blown out and uh, and lose early in the in the series. Uh, in the Western Conference, listen, I Phoenix will take care of whoever the heck comes out of the playing tournament. The playing tournament uh, teams, you know, Minnesota could be interesting as a seven against Memphis in a two, but Memphis is so good and John Morant is just incredible and fun to watch. I, I I don't see how I don't really know how the top four seeds don't move on. Phoenix, Memphis, Golden State, and Dallas are certainly the four best teams in my opinion in the Western Conference. And watching those four teams kind of eat each other alive uh, will be really really fun. I think Phoenix is it's their conference to lose. Uh, they have such a unique team with young and good wings and and Chris Paul, the veteran, plus DeAndre Ayton is playing for his. Big contract. I, I think you're, he's going to have a monster postseason. Um, my MVP of the regular season is Giannis. I, I, I get people love what Jokic is doing, and he's doing things that we've never seen anyone do before. But Giannis Antetokounmpo is the best player in the league. He's willing his team to the to the second-best record in the Eastern Conference. Um, 
I just I I think the NBA doesn't do this enough. You, you need to reward the best player in the world when they're the best player in the world playing at the highest level. And that's Giannis right now. He's the best player in the world and he's playing at an extraordinarily high level and he's carrying his team to victories. Reward him with the MVP. He's the MVP. Um so that's just how I feel. I mean, Jokic is special. And I like Jokic more than Embiid. I listen, I Embiid is very very good. Very 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 good. But if you're going to give it to a big man that's not Giannis, I think Jokic is it. I mean, just because he is that special and not having his running mate all season long for them to be at the sixth spot in the tougher Western Conference, I think that is an accomplishment. Uh, so there you go. Very interesting matchups. You know, by this time next week, I'll be able to, you know, really dissect the matchups more and we'll, uh, we'll be a couple games in. If you look ahead at the schedule of the NBA, um, we have today's games, uh, just a couple games today, a full slate of games on Sunday as everyone wraps up the regular season. And then the playoffs start in earnest on TNT on Tuesday. So you get a day off for a lot of these teams, and then we already know we're going to get Clippers versus Timberwolves 830 uh, on TNT on Tuesday So for these play-in games. So you have the 7th versus the 8th. On the on the east and the seventh versus the eighth on the uh, Tuesday uh, in the west and then Wednesday you get the uh, ninth and tenth uh, on the east and west. Thursday you'll have those then final games. So we, we're getting into these playing games right away. You get, teams get a night off and you got playing games. Uh, so it's going to be fascinating, fun to watch. So by the time that we meet again on Saturday, we'll know our first round matchups for sure. And uh, we will be uh, we'll be ready to dive into them. I'll make some predictions. So have some fun. This is where the NBA gets a lot of fun. NBA playoff time, uh, exciting stuff. I like you know you know me. I told you on the show. I think three weeks ago, I put a future bet in. I like the Bucks to win it all. I'm I'm riding Giannis and the Bucks. Uh, Brooke Lopez is back. He's playing big. They're so big. They're so long. Giannis is uh, playing the best basketball almost you've seen in his career. And he's the best player in the world, so uh, I like the Bucks. All right, when we come back, we will shift our focus to baseball to start wrapping up the show. We're live and local on America's New Talk 1070 KHMO. It's on the mark in News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. Eating, working, living pain-free. These are a few of the things many of us take for granted. Yet for many United States military veterans, finding and affording oral health care is a challenge. Dental Lifeline Network is looking for dentists who can change this. Will you volunteer to help people like Richard, a U.S. Naval veteran who suffered severe PTSD after his service? He was left homeless for a period of time, and his oral and overall health are suffering. Because of congressional limitations, the VA can't provide the dental help he needs. Through our Will You See One Vet program, we focus on helping U.S. military veterans like Richard. Now we are seeking more general dentists and specialists to donate treatment to at least one veteran with special needs. When you volunteer with DLN's program to see one vet, we handle the details so you can focus on the care. If you are a dentist or know a dentist, please share this message and help us make a difference in the life of a veteran in need. Visit willyouseeonevet.org to learn more. That's willyouseeonevet.org. We're KHMO and the KHMO mobile app. Welcome on. I'm, I'm just blabbing on the Facebook Live. Welcome on back to On the Mark here on News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. Brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri state area. And you've heard me tell this story before, but it rings true. 
The network of dealers is what makes Cunis so special. When I found my truck from Cunis almost two years ago now, coming up on two years this summer, I was just shopping online, CunisQuincy.com, and I'm like, oh, my God, there's my dream truck. And I'm like, wait a minute. It's like a hundred and some miles away. And I'm like, oh, well, that stinks. But I, I called up the dealership. I said, well, it says on your website, I'm shopping at CunisQuincy.com. I really like this truck, but it's in Monmouth, Illinois. And they're like, oh, yeah, we'll have it tomorrow. You can test drive it. I was like, seriously? They're like, yeah. They had it the next day, test drove it, was in the night of the dealership for two hours. It's like, this it's amazing. Uh, it's just amazing. The network of dealers, they can get you what you want. Uh, obviously, I don't drive a Honda a Hyundai. I drive a, a truck, you know, but it bought from Cunis because of the network of dealers. I trust them. The complimentary lifetime powertrain warranty, new and used vehicles, what they're doing is just special. Tell them Mark sent you 221 North 36th Street in Quincy or shop online, cunisquincy.com. All right. Uh, the MLB season is officially underway. My Cubbies 1-0, no big deal. Uh, your Cardinals 1-0, O'Neal, five RBI, saves some for the rest of us uh, to start the season. Uh, fun starts the season. It's always good to get a win on, op- on opening day. It always feels good. Nico Horner hitting the first home run of the season. I'll say this about the baseball season that I'm already really loving. I'm already loving the DH. Again, you know, we got it during the COVID year, but to get it back, loving it. It's just fun to look at the lineups and see the possibility of more runs. You can just feel it. It gives you that little bit of hope. You see that DH spot open on up, and you're like, oh, yeah, I I like it. I like it. You just, in your head as a fan, you 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 could talk yourself into things more, right? So I'm already really liking that. I'll also say, I got to be honest, I know this seems ridiculous, but I'm also already really loving the three wild card spots, the extra playoff spots in the MLB. And the fact that those teams get real series. It's not just a wild card spot for one game and you're out. You get a real series. I am loving it. Loving it. Already as fans, it gives you more hope. My Listen, I didn't have a ton of positivity going into the season for my Cubs. I think their pitching rotation is weak, and it's hard for you to win uh, consistently over 162 games with a weak starting five. Love Hendricks, don't get me wrong, but an overall weaker starting five. Guys you kind of hoping blossom into pieces. And uh, and uh, you're bringing in your star players now, guys never played in the MLB before. And Suzuki, you're hoping, you're paying a lot of money, you're hoping he translates. So you don't have a lot of hope, but... When you start off 1-0 and and you grind out a nice win against a very good Brewers team, your mind starts breaking. Hey, remember, there's three wild card teams this year. You get the three division winners and three wild card teams. You get more six teams making the playoffs from each league. That's exciting. It gives you that little extra bit of hope. It does. It just does. And so, um, and so, yeah, it, it, I'm liking those two changes already in this young two game season, uh, into the MLB. I will say though, this is why I laugh at the MLB a lot too. And, and I'll keep saying to the day I die, if the MLB really wants to be talked about more and really wants to own more of the calendar and really wants to, um, challenge the other sports for supremacy as far as, Dollar amounts, eyeballs, and coverage. The season should not be being played this early. I mean, the fact that it's 32 and windy and rainy in Chicago, and that's why you're having to cancel the second game of the season, it's like, come on. Come on. This is a summer game. 
You should be playing these games in late April all the way and the season, the World Series ending in August right before football starts. That's what the MLB should be. They should dominate the summer. It should be a sprint, a slog. It should be very little uh, interleague play. And you should, so those interleague games are even more exciting. It should be rarer. And, and, and then, and then you have this, this tight window of games from late April to end of August. I've said it for years. And, and the World Series champion is crowned. And the next weekend is, uh, is the kickoff to the NCAA football season and football is the following week. And then the MLB's out. And you and then you'll they'll make some noise for free agency and, and trades and all that, and then you go back again. It's the sprint that owns the summer. I think it's it's the only way that they stay competitive. That'll never happen. I know it'll never happen. I know it'll never happen. So what what they're doing now? I mean, it's just laughable. I mean, <laughs> opening day. Uh, it's later this year because we had to cancel some games because we had a lockout. But that should be good, right? Oh, we the first game of the season is postponed because it's freezing and raining in New York. And the second game of the season is postponed because it's snowing in Chicago. <laughs> Come on, MLB. It's just ridiculous. But it doesn't matter because it's so long of a season. Like, oh, yeah, we'll just make it up later. It's just, uh, that's just the MLB for you. Uh, and finally, congrats to the Kansas Jayhawks for winning the national title. Uh, it really does put an, Bill Self puts himself into such an interesting category now as being the guy with two, uh, in, in the, in the NCAA. Can they go on a, a more of a run and can Bill Self start just kind of owning college basketball? I don't see why not. Thank you so much for making us a part of your morning. Enjoy the Masters this weekend. Let's go, Tiger. Get, get into some low numbers. Get competitive. Let's go. Can't wait.